Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast, where you're listening to the Mother's Day Sermon. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can visit us at our website at bccma.org, or you could always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Well, I'm here today with Mike Cordry, and I really believe that uh, you're going to hear a story today that's going to help you, that's going to help your life, a story that's going to give you hope, a story that's going to give you some direction, and going to bring the presence of God to bear on some situations that either you're facing or some people in your family. I'll guarantee you, you know somebody whose story is similar to Mike, and you care about them, and you love them, and that's why we're doing this today. Uh, so I'm going to have Mike get started with a story. He's going to tell us about how, how, what God did in his life, and I think, I think it's going to really be a blessing to you. Um, Mike, uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, okay? Well, I'm, my name is Mike Cordray. I live in, uh, I live in Blackstone, uh, real nearby. Uh, we moved here last year, uh, me and my wife, April. I have a four-year-old daughter, uh, Nora, and... Uh, yeah, I work at Teen Challenge uh, in the marketing department. I'm the marketing manager at Teen Challenge New England and New Jersey. Um, yeah. What's Teen Challenge? Well, Teen Challenge is a 15-month uh, faith-based rehabilitation program uh, that I went through 15 years ago. Um, I came in in uh, August of 2004, uh, and I, I was, at the time, terribly addicted to heroin, uh, and opiate pain medication, amphetamines, cocaine, all of it. Uh, and, you know, I was facing 14 felony charges, including two armed robberies, and uh, not exactly the criminal type. So it was, it was a bit of a journey to get there, and uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I, I also do stand-up comedy, so, uh, you know, I do go around to, uh, to different rehabs and, and uh, locations to talk about addiction. And, uh, you know, it's not, those two things don't normally go hand in hand, comedy and uh, addiction. But, um, you know, it's something that we need is some, some levity and some hope because there's hope for the addict. Well, know. you know, yeah. one of the first times that I met you, I heard you tell your story. I heard you, and also we had you for a comedy routine about, Four year, three or four years ago, yeah, that's right. In a, a in a program that we did, and you were fa- you were awesome. You were fantastic. Well, thank you. And we really appreciate that. So I was just uh, absolutely delighted when one day I look back there, and you and your wife are walking into our church, and I find out you've moved to our community, and now you're a part of Bethany Community Church. Yeah. And we just are. I'm just thrilled beyond belief that you and April. Uh, did you mention? April? Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I, she's, okay, she's yes, uh, okay. my lovely wife, April, um, and we're honoring mothers on Mother's Day, the best mother and wife uh, around. That's great, because that's recorded now. This is yeah, recorded song, song for, recording. For, all, for all time. She knows. I know I'm lucky. Yeah, I know I'm lucky. And um, so, so you're talking about ending up on a heroin addict, uh, uh, a felon, yeah. Uh, breaking and entering all kinds of charges against mm-hmm. you. Uh, w- were there any pointers 
in your life that kind of let you know you were going to end up in this place? Well, I, so I grew up all over, I grew up all over the United States. We moved a lot when I was, when I was young. I uh, was born in Santa Monica, raised in Kailua, Hawaii. Uh, I was, uh, moved to Danville, Virginia, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, ended up uh, moving to Cape Cod. But uh, I, I really didn't, wasn't able to make a lot of connections and deep friendships when I was young. And, uh, you know, my mother was an alcoholic, uh, which was the only um, real addiction that was prevalent in my family. Uh, she, you know, I had a great childhood. I grew up, um, she was very loving and caring. She was very present in our lives, me and my sister. Um, and, you know, when she was in her early 30s, she started drinking and it just destroyed her life. Um, before that, there was no hint of addiction and she really just disappeared uh, from our lives. And um, how, how old were you when, when you began she, to realize she had a drinking problem? Well, she was, you know, we just knew mom, mommy was sick. That was it. And that was probably when I was seven, seven years old. But mm -hmm. um, moving forward, you know, we went so many years without uh, ever seeing her and every contact I had with her was uh, either you know on the phone or at a hospital or there was always uh, you know it was never she couldn't get her life together and so that was the only real sign that there was something wrong uh, or there could be addiction in the family and when I was when I was young I had um, I still have ADHD a little bit uh, and I don't know if I you know who's you know, that's a common problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we, real we have common. A, we have a school, so yeah. we know yeah. uh, about that. Yeah. And I, um, you know, my dad is a holistic guy. I grew up in a, my dad is super loving. We didn't, we didn't, uh, you know, grew up, grew up in a Christian home, but my father was super a loving guy. I had the kind of father that was like, hey, are you crying? Because you should be, son. <laughs> Open up your heart. Yeah, okay. He was like super, was super a, sensitive. A and yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a super loving guy. Well, were you raised in church or, or around Christianity? Um, well, we went to Unity School of Christianity. It was a, it's a, it's a different uh, faith, but it doesn't, it's not Christ-centered in any way. Uh, yeah. It's a, you know, it has very different beliefs from, I didn't really ever, uh, you know, believe in God. I had no faith in God. Um, but, you know, my, when I was, you know, growing up, I basically, my, my teachers kept telling my father, who was a holistic guy, he didn't believe in medicating children, that they were, you know, this kid's got to get on medication now. Like, you know, either he's going to get on medication or I'm going to get on medication. <laughs> like one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, he held off and held off, but in the fifth grade, they finally put me on uh, Dexedrine, which is pure amphetamine. Uh, and, you know, immediately, and a lot of people take this that yeah. have ADHD and they're perfectly fine, but it immediately, um, I loved it. I was like, I love school. I, you know, I was, I, was, I was sold from the minute I tried it. There was something wrong. Yeah. Uh, and there was, you know, it started to disappear. I started to take more than prescribed, and you know, by seventh grade, I was addicted to it. Would you say you had uh, an addictive 
uh, I mean, I think we all have addictive personalities and different things. Yeah. But self-control is not my strong suit in but, any facet. But, but obviously, you had a yeah, uh, you had absolutely. A, you had a, um, uh, a craving for for yeah that kind of stimulation. Yeah, right? I just uh, and I didn't know it, you know, yeah. and it was you know it was never looked at as if it was addiction, which when the medication started disappearing, it's a controlled substance. So right. you know, my father would make an excuse uh, for me and. I would, you know, lie and lie. I mean, this is from a very young age. Um, and then when I got into high school, you know, it's just, you get into that crowd and someone offered me a Percocet. And, and you know, I always say that the, the enemy always has a, a substitute for what God has for us. Yes. And when I tried the opiate for the first time, I felt this warm sense of uh, artificial, like, love. Uh, and I and I just fell in love with it immediately, and in on Cape Cod, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the heroin problem. That's Is that where you there. lived at the time? Yeah, that's yeah. where you that's where it got. Yeah, that's where it got really bad. Um, I moved to uh, I moved to Cape Cod. My dad told me I this was be my third high school. And he was like, "We're moving again," and I'm like, "I'm not gonna go." And he was like, "It's a it's a town called Sandwich," and I was like. All right, I'll check it out. It sounds lovely, frankly. A sandwich. Uh, sandwich. <laughs> I love sandwiches. So we moved to Sandwich, and uh, and that's where. But that's where things kind of fell apart for me. Um, and I, you know, an opiate uh, pain medication is a just a weaker version of heroin, and uh, it was a very. Some people go through. Uh, you know, they turn down heroin over and over again because they don't want to go that far. For me, it was not even a struggle. Um, I was already um, physically addicted to opiates, um, and I didn't realize that I was going to get sick when I stopped taking them. I didn't know right. that was a thing. Um, I told my friend, I'm like, I, I feel awful. And he's like, yeah, you're sick. And you, I raise, you raise your tolerance, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, had, I had no idea that you go, what withdrawals were. And at that point, how old were you when this was happening? Uh, 16, 17, mm -hmm. probably 17 uh, is when, and that's when I, you know, tried heroin for the first time. And, uh, you know, it was just love. And, and tell us about how, how this morphed into a life of crime. I think we, we're kind of already all ahead of you. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because we know it costs money to get heroin and uh, yeah. dr illegal drugs. Uh, tell us how it morphed into a life of crime. Yeah. So it and, starts off. And what that was like. Yeah, it, it starts off small. You know, it starts off with, um, you know, stealing a little bit of money, asking for money constantly. And then, uh, you know, I was, I was chosen to, to basically transport heroin from Providence, Rhode Island to Cape Cod, uh, not because I'm a gangster, but because I'm not a gangster. I'm the least suspicious guy. I had a clean driving record. And the people that were selling me drugs were basically, uh, you know, they were convinced that I was above suspicion. Um, and even when I got pulled over and had 150 bags of heroin on me, I never got, I never got a second look. Um, and so I was making a 500% profit 
on every bag of heroin on Cape Cod that I got from Providence, and I still couldn't maintain my habit. So I started um, stealing my dad's debit card, and, and every day I would, because he, when I was 18 years old, my dad, uh, he, he looked at me and said, I love you, son, but I love you far too much to assist in your suicide. And he said, when you're ready for help, we can talk. Until then, um, you, we're, we're not going to be in contact. But, but you were telling me a story earlier about, uh, earlier about mm-hmm. how much money you stole from your dad's yeah. debit card. And I think yeah. thought that was a fascinating part of your story. Yeah. Uh, I forget how many days in a row you sneaked into the house. Who knows? And, but, I mean, I, I snuck yeah. into the house every day, and I would steal $200. You would take his debit card yeah. and go to the ATM and I machine. Could, yeah, and I could get... I could get uh, I could get, you know, 50 bags of heroin for just under $200. And I, you know, I did it every single day. And every day I was like, this is the last time. I knew that it was going to catch up with me. But you're just living for the next high. You just don't want to get sick again. So I stole and stole and stole. And my dad, I was actually in a detox when my dad went to buy groceries and he couldn't. He couldn't pay for them. How much did you put on his debit card? It was nearly, it was over $10,000. Wow, wow. Did you ever think about God during all this time? I mean, you, like you said, you weren't raised in a Christian home, uh, so you didn't have a background in in Christianity. And not not that we know this happens to people who are raised in Christian homes as well. Exactly. But did you ever think about God? Did you ever pray that God would help you? Well, the only was God a part of the yeah God was never on, never on my mind. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was a staunch atheist, and I believed in. You know, Paul talks about how when you know he was saw he's persecuting the church. When I saw, I I looked at the Christian church as a uh, manipulation of weak-minded people. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah. Like you were I, really, well, like I was a you brilliant really, man. You, you know, were really strong. Here, yeah, me, the heroin addict, you know, yeah. uh, stealing from my dad. But I, I, I would literally argue with people about their faith all the time. I just thought it was a way to get money. And it was far, it's much easier to, uh, you know, to believe God doesn't exist. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that I, I never thought about, never. Uh, until I was in jail uh, for the first time, at which point I vaguely remember saying, God, if you're real, do something, amen, something like that. Um, and what ended up happening was I ended up, I mean, I, I can't get into all, we don't have time yeah, for right. all the crimes, but I, I, robbed, I robbed pharmacies with a broken pellet gun, because let's be clear, I've never fired a weapon in my life. I mean, I've... <laughs> I, they're too. They're heavy. I would never. I wouldn't know. I would break my own nose if I ever fired a gun. But I. So it definitely wasn't a real gun. It was a, even if the gun had been working, it would have been like, "Ow, hey, cut it out, pal. That stings." But it wasn't working. It was just. Uh, it was just like a, a prop. So you gun were walking in pharmacies had. and and uh, taking the cash. Uh, and I was. I was not taking cash. I was taking no, opiate pain, t- med- pain medication. Oh, okay. So I went to the pharmacy counter with a note that said. Give me all your oxycodone products. I have nothing to lose. I'll kill you. It's it was terrible, terrible well, t- stuff. Tell us about how it all came kind of crashing down. Yeah. So and uh, and, uh, and, yeah. and brought you to the place where you actually have a yeah. a 
testimony. Yeah. So I, uh, the long and short of it is I got, um, I got pulled over in Lynn. I was looking for another pharmacy to rob. Um, I had everything, every, every piece of information that a prosecutor would want was in my car. Like I, my eyes were bloodshot. I was, I, my car had stolen plates. I had no insurance. It had a push button start. My co-defendant was in the backseat sleeping. Uh, I had a, I had the fake gun. I had the note. I had, I had a map with all of the cities of the places I robbed circled in a Sharpie because I'm a criminal mastermind. And I'm the worst criminal. I mean, the worst criminal of all time. And I... You know, we're laughing because it's just, uh, you can't help but find it's this wild. Image, right? It's wild. Yeah, and it's all, it's all public record. I, my, my case set a precedent. So you're, it's the first so, thing that... Uh, it's so amazing you're alive. It is. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I didn't even get, but here's the thing, to the credit of the drug dealers, I didn't even get arrested. Uh, that's how unarrestable or above yeah, suspicion. You just didn't look like the type. I didn't look like the type and I didn't have anything on my record. So he, they impounded the vehicle and dropped me off at the T-station with my co-defendant. And three days later, I, uh, I got arrested at the place I worked, uh, Chili's. I decided as a criminal mastermind that the way I would uh, disguise and explain all the money that I was spending and receiving was to get a job at Chili's for six hours a week. <laughs> criminal mastermind. And I got arrested while I was working. I was the to-go guy. And yeah. I got arrested while I was working. And yeah. uh, I answered the phone when the cops called to see if I was working. They said, I said, thanks for calling Chili's home. Great food to go. This is Mike speaking. How can I help you? And they were like, is Michael Cordry working? And I was like, speaking. And they hung up. I thought it was a wrong number. I'm not very, not very quick, um, not very bright sometimes. Uh, and so I, I honestly didn't think too much of it. I thought it was a friend of mine. I went in the back to get my order and two police officers pull their guns on me because they think I'm trying to run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me repeat that. They think I'm trying to run. Well, we see it all the time, <laughs> cops and No, <laughs> I'm not even as fast as I look. I mean, you know, I'm really, it's, it's deceiving. And, uh, and you may think it's hard to take a police officer seriously when he's wearing a badge that says sandwich police. Yeah. But, you know, the gun is convincing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, I mean, I, they were, there was no chance of a foot pursuit. Right. They, uh, right. they took me without incident, and I, I went to... Uh, you know, I got taken to Sandwich Jail. Well, tell uh, us how you, how, you, uh, how you ended up at Teen Challenge mm -hmm. and uh, kind of take us, bring us home here, how God changed your life. Because okay. I, yeah. I, I know there's somebody uh, in the service today who has an area where they need, to, they need help. Maybe, yeah. maybe they weren't right where you were. And maybe yeah. uh, Absolutely. You know, they aren't robbing pharmacies. But, uh, and, and, and there are also people in the service today who have a family member yeah. Whose, whose life is totally controlled by drugs, alcohol, mm -hmm. pornography, well, other types of addiction. Yeah, I mean... So tell us how God changed your life. Yeah, so I, um, I, was, I got arrested and was, and was facing set, uh, you know, 14 felony charges, seven out of two counties uh, for armed robbery, conspiracy, grand larceny, uh, six counts of possession, stealing controlled substance, uh, 
I, I was hopeless. Like there was, um, you know, I didn't have anyone to call. I knew my father uh, was gonna be so disappointed. And I'll never forget the look on his face when he came and visited me um, in jail, the disappointment and just the, he, he was terrified for me. And uh, I was still lying through my teeth. And I, the, the deal was, my father, the love of a father is, a, is an amazing thing. He said, if you can find a place to go, I will bail you out. And uh, he ended up bailing me out of two counties, and I still hadn't found a place. He said, you have seven days, or I'm going to take my bail money back, which I don't even know if that's legal or what. But he, he said, uh, you'll go back to jail, and I believed him. And I called any, every program I could. Um, but I was at, without resources. I had uh, no money. I had no uh, you know, insurance. I had uh, no transportation. There's always a reason to say no. And right. I was hitting all of them as I you called. You must have been pretty sick at this point, too. Oh, yeah. Well, at this point, I had been in jail for, for 30, 30 days. I had oh, been okay. in jail for 30 so days. He'd been, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. And he, he you know, I, this guy in jail told me about the program called Teen Challenge. And I'm like, this is grown-up jail. This isn't, I'm not a teenager. But I, he said, it's for adults. There's adult and teen programs. And I... Um, I, I knew he said it's, it was mildly religious. That's what he said. But I, uh, I called the, the Christians, and they were like, you sound perfect. Come on in. And uh, I was a little freaked out, you know. And I came through the doors of Teen Challenge in August of 2004, and um, it was a little weird. Uh, you know, I had, uh, I had a, you know, I had heard of Christians, like, and I, I had talked to Christians that were super nice and docile and seemed like... But you had never been in a, no, a, a church no, service. No, or an no. evangelical... Absolutely not. I don't know, Pentecostal? That, yeah. This is very Pentecostal, right? And, you know, someone walks up to me, you know, like, bless you, brother. Jesus brought you here by his divine providence. And I was like, my dad brought me here in his Kia. Um... <laughs> He's like, you don't belong to the serpents anymore, brother. You're going to be the bride of Christ. And I was like, I don't, I don't belong to a snake. That's not legal. I probably wouldn't be the bride of Christ. I'm a man. I'm not looking for anything serious, right? So it was felt pretty now, weird to you. It was weird, man. And uh, <laughs> it's like, is everything all right with your eyes? But they were just so full of love. You know, when you're an addict, you're used to people. Well, take us. Yeah, yeah looking through you and not at you. Yeah, take us yeah. to that moment when, when you met Jesus, and, okay. and that so, you know, uh, that that transformation started. Yeah. That okay. that you're here today. Amen. Yeah. So I married with a kid. You've got you're back working for Teen Challenge. You yeah. you spent how many years managing a hotel? Yeah, I believe seven four, years. Seven yeah. years managing a hotel on yeah. the North Shore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our people in our service today, they need to know what a person goes through to have their life transformed to that degree. Well, and I, I didn't have any other choice, but God knows what you need. Yeah. Not everyone has to be backed against the wall. And I was fighting against, in my own mind, this faith, the whole program. But I was learning, and I, was, I decided I'd opened up my mind this much, and, and that's all God needed. I, in December, I was at a, at a, a service, and I had been learning the Bible, but mainly to 
just as a way like of extra knowledge so I can refute all this stuff. Uh, you it, were not the bride of Christ. Uh, no, I was not. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. But that, you know, that night in the service, they were saying, worthy is the lamb seated on the throne, the darling of heaven crucified. Worthy is the lamb. And it's amazing what God can do in a, in a single moment. Uh, the clarity that you can get about who he is and who you are in him. And I, I just grasped all of a sudden, not only that God was so real and that he loved me so much, but that the blood of Christ was so precious and that I hadn't, I, it wasn't God just going, you know what, I'm not going to count against you this time, but yeah. my sins had been paid for. Yes. And I was literally righteous in the eyes of God because of the blood of Christ. Right. And I didn't have to make up all this ground and, and earn God's favor. You were, you were really behind. I was, to, I was in debt. If you had to pay the debt. A big time. A big time. Yeah. And, and, you know, he made me an ambassador. He uses the foolish things of the world yeah. to confound the wise. And that's me. You saw your worth. Yeah. You saw your worth to God, would you say? Yeah. I saw, I saw everyone's worth to God. Oh, well. You know, yeah. it, it became immediate. My love... The, the love of God just transformed my attitude in, in, a, in a day. Yes. Uh, my perspective awesome. was totally different. You know, the next day I'm cleaning up toilets and I'm just singing the, I'm singing this, you know, and I, I become the weird, the weird you, guy. You become the weird guy who's telling people exactly. they're part of the body of Christ. Yeah. With the weird eyes. Yeah. But I was so excited. I was so excited yeah. because I was like, Oh, that's great. I laid down my yeah. life and to have, to be, yeah. Put at, you know, my teacher when I was in elementary school used to line us up for lunch. And I, as fast as I try to be, I'm not as fast as I look. Yeah, I'd be I, at the end of the line. But occasionally she would turn us around. She'd say, all right, everyone turn around. And I'd be at the front of the line. And I was so, this is exactly, exactly what God this. did. He, he made me an ambassador. He not only cleaned me up and made me uh, whole again, but he literally gave me the most precious occupation on earth, and that's to be an ambassador for him. Yeah, I don't think we, we've even begun to understand how Christianity throughout history has established the worth of human beings. Yes. And that's what I hear in your story. Absolutely. I hear that in your story. Uh, I wish we had time to hear a lot more. I, I really would like to hear more about help for those families that yeah. have that addicted family member. Yeah. But we'll have to save that for another time. Okay. Uh, I want you to, right now, I want you to minister to that person who's struggling with addiction. During this uh, coronavirus, i just pretty sure that people who uh, have addictions, that there's people watching us today yeah. or in our service Absolutely. today who have relapsed. Yeah. They've relapsed into drugs because they're isolated. Mm -hmm. They're not going to work. Yeah. They're home a lot, and they've relapsed into drugs, alcohol. They can have alcohol Anything. delivered to their house now. Yeah. Uh, and pornography. I, I, I think pornography is probably a huge problem these days. It's, it's all the So would you look, would yeah. you just look at right in people's eyes and just minister to them and pray for these people who are struggling with their own addictions and their own Absolutely. relapse? So, or or tem maybe temptation yeah, is a better if, word. If, if everyone has been going through... A rough time you know this one one of the things working at teen challenge that i've i've learned is that um 
you know, the, I get to hear a lot more about other people's addictions. And during this pandemic, uh, it has been a huge problem for people who depend on accountability and fellowship and other people in a normal circumstance, or even uh, for those who are court ordered to go to uh, AA or NA, or they have social pressure to go there. Uh, sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need uh, those resources. And if anything, this, this pandemic has taught us anything, it's to learn how to communicate um, with other people in a different way. And for those of you that are out there that, that have not taken the step to A, have a sponsor, or B, have a support group that's, um, that's loving you and that's holding you accountable, and that is, uh, you know, you need to con connect with people. That's the most important thing. You're not alone. There are so many people out there right now that are struggling. Those of you who are, haven't given in to temptation, that are struggling so hard, remember that the power of life and death is in your tongue. That you confess your sins that you may be healed. You know, I have friends that I can tell anything in the world. And there are so many people in this church and people that love you, that want to see you do so well in, in your life. Right. They love you. They love you with the, the love of Christ. And you need to connect with those people and, um, and become accountable. And don't, and don't let the enemy get a hold of your mind because that's, this, is, this is where the enemy thrives more yeah. than anything, is in isolation. You're all alone. You're, you feel all alone, and you feel as if you're the only one that's struggling. You're in your mind all the time. There is hope for you. There is, uh, there is so much, there are so many resources that we can, um, that we can use. And, uh, you know, just know that God loves you yep. and has a purpose uh, for even this struggle in your life. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like anyone that's out there that is struggling with addiction, that's struggling with, um, you know, the pain that comes with addiction. If any of you know, you know, those of you who have a loved one, that's sick with addiction, that's sick with alcoholism, that's lonely, and reach out to them and be a resource to them and pray for them because, you know, God, God, with God, there's always hope and love is never wasted. So let's pray. Pray with me now. Lord, thank you, God, for, um, thank you for each and every person that's listening Amen. right now. And God, I just, I thank you, Lord, that your love transcends all of these difficulties and even this time god and lord we fresh and new lay our lives down god and lord we we lay our lives down for you we belong to you lord we are your servants and god i pray that we would find our worth in your gospel and lord i just pray that you would help uh, everyone who is around these uh, people that are addicted and struggling to step up and love them to life. And uh, Lord, we thank you, God, that you, you said a time yes. is coming and has now yes, come Lord. when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. And Lord, I Amen. thank you that you bring Amen. us from death to life. Amen. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I, I w thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. I wish we had time to tell the rest of the story about your mom, his mom. Ah. 
got uh, uh, totally delivered. They're, they're re reunited. She's not uh, an alcoholic or she's not drinking anymore. And so that's really exciting. Uh, let me tell you about a couple of resources we have here at Bethany Community Church. We have a program called Celebrate Recovery. And even during this uh, time of lockdown, if you will get in touch with us, we can put you in touch with the leaders of that program and they will reach out to you and help you or if you have family members. Uh, so we offer that resource. Also, we have a resource called First Steps. And if you made a decision today to become a follower of Jesus Christ or you made a renewal of your dedication to Christ, then let us know. Uh, there's gonna be a, a link on the screen for you. Uh, we'll be able to watch four different videos that will tell you about first steps and tell you about some important uh, first steps you need to take in improving or starting your walk with Christ. And then after you watch those videos, let us know and we'll be glad to reach out to you, minister to you, get you involved in a community group and uh, see you get better in your life. Hey, by the way, uh, everything we do is based on vision. The online services we have been doing, we had to visualize and we, did, we had to ask God to show us how to do that. And we have an amazing team to help us do that. And we dream together. Now we're starting to pray and dream about opening the church up and having church again. Naturally, we were gonna wait till the government gives us permission to do that. But I want you to begin to, to, to catch a vision for meeting together again, having church again. We're gonna, we're gonna be talking about how we're gonna do it. We're gonna be letting you know how we're gonna do that and how we're gonna do that safely. Uh, we would just really, the team and I would really cover your prayers right now as we uh, talk about how we can best open the church up again and whatever, whenever that happens and we can do it safely and we can do it joyfully and we can see the body of Christ really physically come together again. We're excited about that. Thank you for joining us today. Again, happy Mother's Day. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your mom today if she's around and uh, we pray God will comfort your heart if she's not. And God bless you and have a wonderful day.